Father, we thank you for the way that video reminds us of your son Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for those amongst us who have lost loved ones in the service of our country. Lord, we thank you for those among us who have served. And Father, we, uh, we know that even now in um, the Ukraine, uh, this very same thing is going on. Lord, so we, we send prayers for those families. And Lord, I'm even uh, thinking of the families in Uvalde. I'm thinking of the families in Buffalo. There is uh, some of the war going on is not declared. It's just evil. So we lift our hearts toward them as well. Make us mindful, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, A heartfelt thank you for those uh, of you who are able to be with uh, us on Thursday. We were overwhelmed. Uh, We were blessed. Uh, You know, most of all, we were encouraged to make the next season of our lives count even more than we were going into that event. So we're really still processing it, but we're really grateful. And uh, we're looking forward to Saturday and um, being able to be together as well. Uh, So thank you very much. also want to just uh, acknowledge a special visitor in our midst, um, uh, David and Carlene Heath. Would you guys just stand so we can welcome you officially? <laughs> David and Carlene are here for the wedding of their son, Cole, which will happen next, fr- next Saturday. So um, we're excited to be with you and celebrate with you. Um, David and Carlene have been translating the scriptures in Nigeria. We've been partners for many, many years now. So if you get to see them at uh, Light Bites, would you just greet them and encourage them today? Amen? All right, turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, today uh, we're going to finish our uh, series, But God, and uh, last week we looked at the end of uh, 2 Timothy. This week we're going to look at uh, the end of 1 Timothy. Uh, we're going to start in chapter 4, then go to chapter 6. And um, today's texts uh, uh, are uh, really, really powerful. And I, want, uh, I just want to read these texts out loud and, uh, and then we'll dive in. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, it says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. 
for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. And then turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we'll look at the last five verses, starting in verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. So in this passage, um, the, the three things I'd like to do today. Um, one, uh, Paul offers a contrasting series of statements that are like machine guns that go through both these parts of First Timothy. And he's really asking us to ask ourselves the question, where is our hope? Where is our hope? Are we putting our hope in all this other stuff that he is decrying, or are we putting our hope in the living God? So that's going to be the first part of the message, just looking at where our hope should be, do a gut check on what are the things in this passage that, that may be things that we are hoping in that are not things we should be hoping in, and then to focus our attention on God. And he kind of raises up this last trustworthy saying, which is train yourself to be godly, uh, because that has a lot of benefit, not only for the present age, but the age to come. So we're going to look at uh, that first chunk will be all about where's our hope and are we training ourselves in the right direction. The second part of the passage picks up, and it's really the, what the Spirit spoke to me, but it's uh, this, uh, this line in, in chapter 6, verse 17, who put our hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And I felt the Spirit say, I want to have you talk about enjoying me, enjoying God. And so I'm going to look at some paths towards that enjoyment of God. What, what does that look like? Uh, how is that called out? And how do we go from there in the paths to enjoyment? And then 
I wanted to finish the message with a, a time of meditation on these things and a time for us just to uh, think and, and experience the presence of the Lord as we meditate on where is our hope and what are the paths to really enjoying God. And then uh, we will uh, move into a time of worship and ministry. We'll have prayer teams and be able to uh, engage with the Lord uh, on these things. That makes sense? Okay, so let's dive in. First of all, enjoying God, where is our hope? And throughout the passage, as I said, Paul is laying out these competing choices that we have. And um, it's amazing how they kind of line up. You know, we have, first of all, those that abandon the faith, those that give up their hope. But God says, look, I want you to receive everything with thanks. I want you to stay focused on me. Then he talks about following deceiving spirits. And we've looked at this in the context of how these demonic spirits want to move us away from our hope in Christ. They want to uh, replace uh, truth with partial truth. And God says, no, I, I'm, but God says, in knowing my word and in prayer, you, you, will, you will receive real hope, not what these deceiving spirits are giving you. Then he goes on to talk about things taught by demons. Again, more false teaching. We have seen this false teaching at work in Buffalo, in Uvalde. We've seen this false teaching at work internationally uh, with the aggression we're seeing uh, in Ukraine. Things taught by demons will feel like there's part of truth, but they will take us away. They will take us away from the God who loves us. And, but God says, I'm going to nourish you with the truth. I'm going to nourish you with the truth. So Paul is just going through these staccato-like. Then he turns to hypocritical liars. And he looks at those that are, their consciences are seared like with irons. Their consciences are no longer functioning. But God says, I'm going to provide you with good teaching. Good teaching, healthy teaching. Teaching that leads to godliness. And so he is saying, keep your eyes on me and the teaching of my word. Then he goes into this whole thing around health and this idea of an ascetic lifestyle uh, that looks godly. And we've looked at this before, but denies the power of God. But God says, train us in true godliness. Train us in true godliness. And this comes into that, that uh, trustworthy saying. And I'll come to that in a minute. Uh, but that's the fifth and final trustworthy saying that Paul has in these three letters. And he's saying, train yourself in true godliness. He goes on with uh, some of the false hopes that we are encouraged to latch on to. One of them is godless myths. Godless myths. There are so many myths around uh, when you look at false religions. When you look at false religions, there's usually something 
of a myth at the beginning of that that leads people astray. The myth could be uh, an encounter with a demonic angel. The myth could be some kind of false prophecy. The myth could be even another set of writings that becomes part of uh, what is believed in. And these godless myths remind us that anything, anything without Jesus at the heart, without the historical birth and crucifixion and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, in history, rooted in the person of God who's become a human being, who has given us the words of life, anything that is not Jesus is a godless myth. And what God says is, give yourself uh, the present life. He's He's not telling us to wait till we die. He's saying the present life and the life to come. And the unique thing about Christianity is the the grace of Jesus Christ who changes us now in the present life and also provides a totally, totally awesome picture of the life that is to come. And it's it's not a godless myth. It's a recreation of the cosmos, a new heaven, a new earth, new resurrection bodies, new kingdom life, a new world order. This is what Jesus is bringing uh, to us. So godless myths, and God sa- but God says, give us present life and the life to come. Old wives' tale, but God says, uh, our living God and our living hope. It is a present enjoyment and recognition of a person. Then he goes into arrogance who hope in wealth. But God says, I'm going to richly provide all you need to enjoy. So the health gospel, the wealth gospel, God says, no, I'm going to provide all that you need for your enjoyment. Godless chatter. But God enables good deeds and generosity that replace godless chatter and put love into action. It's an amazing God who gives us the ability to do good, good deeds and to be generous. And then finally, the whole idea of storing up false knowledge. But God says to Timothy, look, I've given you a true gospel. I want you to guard that true gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's the only gospel that is true. It is the treasure For the coming age. So, do you see this constant uh, contrast that Paul is drawing here between things we might hope in and the hope that only the living God can provide, but God? So, the first step in this process is to be able to see the living God for who he is. And as I think about the kind of the way Paul brings that together and he says, train yourself in godliness. Let's unpack that a little bit. The statement is in 1 Timothy 4, 7b-9. Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. 
This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So training yourself for godliness, that can sound kind of hard. That can sound challenging. That can sound uh, like it's going to be, it's going to require a little bit of blood, sweat, and tears. And it does. It does. But it's the same process that we can see in the, na in the natural realm where we're training. So Marianne and I are training to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain, sometime starting in the middle of August. And this is going to be a 500-mile walk uh, on not the best legs in the world. So we need to get ready for that. We're training ourselves for that uh, challenge for that opportunity uh, to be conversing uh, with others about the things of God for 500 miles and about uh, the opportunities that we hope God will provide us to be his witnesses. But we're training. So similarly, we're training to be godly. Now, one of the greatest uh, interventions by God in my life was uh, a man named Jerry Kirk. Some of you met him on Thursday night. Uh, some of you saw that video he did. Jerry uh, was the answer uh, that God gave for my prayer for a spiritual father. My parents died in my, when I was in my early 30s. And when uh, we were at Hope Church before coming here, uh, we were involved in lots of different things, ministry and whatever, and I was praying for a spiritual father. Well, the pastor that founded Hope Church uh, in 2002 went back to Florida where his family lives, and uh, they brought Jerry Kirk in as the interim pastor for Hope Church where we, where we were serving. And uh, he was only able to speak twice a month so then they had another pastor and myself speaking in a rotation of, four, of four, the four weeks of the month. And Jerry turned out to be the answer to God's prayer for a spiritual father. We became friends. Uh, we have been praying the prayer that you received when you came in today. We've been praying this prayer together for 20 years. Um, and it has literally changed my understanding of God and my thinking about God as I've learned to pray through this prayer. Now this prayer, I think, is a, is a wonderful tool for training in godliness. Because what this prayer does is it reminds us of some of the most important aspects of following Jesus uh, in each line. That it's about grace, that it's about love, compassion for others, repenting, uh, when we sin, worshiping God with all of our hearts, the commitment to be, to be disciples of Jesus, to, to let Jesus be Lord of our lives in new ways every day. And here's the dangerous part of the, most dangerous part of the prayer, and change us any way he wants. And we, you, you'll be amazed what happens as you pray through this prayer uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit reminds us of our dependence. We cannot follow Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just impossible. And so uh, 
dependence, then the influence that we can have as we ask him to make us instruments of his grace and truth and forgiveness and righteousness and justice, the discipleship uh, discipline of being used every day as a witness to his kingdom and to invite other people to follow Jesus with us. So that gets into discipleship and evangelism. And then when any matter of spiritual activity, any matter of spiritual warfare, you have to recognize the authority that we have in Christ. The authority that we have to command demons, to command uh, the presence of God, uh, to bring uh, his authority to bear in every single thing we do. So this is a wonderful uh, tool to be training us in godliness and to make it enjoyable because we are constantly in his presence. We're constantly depending on him. So the ministry that Jerry founded, uh, and we actually hosted the founding of this ministry here in this church as Jerry preached six consecutive messages on the prayer covenant. The whole idea is to join up with one or two or three other people and commit to praying this prayer over each other for 40 days. Now, Thursday night, Jerry basically said he would pray for anyone um, who wanted to pray with him for 40 days. And then the daughter who drove him to the event was getting sick, so she needed to take them home to Richmond, Indiana. So some of you did not get a chance to do that. So anybody who wants to pray with Jerry and me, you can put your name at the Connect desk, and I will get that list to Jerry, and Jerry and I will pray with you, for you, as you pray for us for 40 days, from now until, I think it's July 12th. All right, so that's, that's a, a, a tool for training in godliness and... Remember, as you pray this prayer, expect God to do some radical stuff in your life because he will answer these prayers. And so for the first part of the message, it is really recognizing where we're putting our hope and is training ourselves in godliness to keep that focus on that hope uh, in all things that we do. And that is a foundation for enjoying God, which is the second part uh, here. What are the paths to enjoyment in this life and the life to come? And I think the number one path is the Word of God, where He has given us all things to enjoy. Now remember, He's given us all things to enjoy. The air we breathe, the food we eat, uh, the friends that we have, but he's also given us our very being. And he's given us himself. He's given us Jesus. He's given us the Holy Spirit, uh, which opens the door to experiencing the adoption of the Father. He's given us himself as our Father. So he's given us everything we need. And this prayer covenant, I just want to draw your attention to the second line because it's so important. By your grace, make being with you my highest priority. Being with you. Enjoying God begins 
with being with him. In the CD that Paul recorded uh, last year during COVID, the book that Jamie wrote during COVID, these are both all focused on being with God. Being with him. If you have not read that book, if you have not listened over and over to that CD, I, I commend it to you because it's all driven by being with God, by being friends with God, by being present with God. And so if you are new to things like silence and solitude and Sabbath and simplicity, eliminating all the stuff from your life that doesn't matter, if you're new to that, this is part of being with God. He has a, a beautiful way of simplifying and focusing our lives so that we can enjoy him. And you, and you might say, enjoying God, that sounds crazy. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from the word of God. Let me just walk you through some scriptures of enjoying God as a person. Enjoying him as someone whose voice you hear, someone who uh, you love to be with, as someone who changes every day and brings you into this incredible love relationship. Okay, L look at some of the scriptures. David says, your love is better than life itself. Think about that. Your love is better than life itself. First time I got a hold of that, I just said to myself, wow, I'm running and running and running and running and running. And he says, all that, God's love is better than even all of that. It is the, well, we just sang it. There's nothing better than the love of God. Job, after all the miseries of everything he went through, he says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. See, there's witnesses in here to this amazing enjoyment of God. Habakkuk, the prophet, says this. He goes through a whole list of things, which essentially means, though I have nothing, no, nothing on my trees, Nothing growing in my land, nothing in my cupboard, nothing. Though I have nothing, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will enjoy God. I will enjoy God. In Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Enjoy God always. We see it in the Psalms over and over again. In Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's Psalm 37. Th Psalm 36, we're just going to go backwards a little bit. For with you is the fountain of life. With you is the fountain of life. Psalm 32, be glad in the Lord. Be glad. Open your eyes tomorrow morning and say, wow, another day. Be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord. Psalm 16, in your presence there is fullness of joy. 
There was a time we were praying uh, on a Wednesday night, and uh, it doesn't happen often, but it certainly happened that night. We started giggling. We started giggling. The Lord was present, and everyone just started giggling and laughing, and we were just worshiping in laughter at the presence of God, the joy that the presence of God brought into the room. We were, we were laughing and giggling. And this, this is the joy that God calls for. And you, you, you might think, wait a minute, that doesn't sound very godly. Well, let me just point you to Jesus in Luke 10.21. It says, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And that, that particular word for joy there uh, means uh, uproarious joy. And that's what was happening when Jesus and his disciples came back. He was so joyful. Why? Because he knew his guys were getting the mission. He knew what was happening. He was joyful. And he knew they would change the world. So if you're alone with the Lord and you start experiencing joy, then go with it. Because he's trying to fill your heart with the joy of the kingdom. He's trying to fill your heart with himself. And then there's the, uh, in, in, in Romans 5.11, it says, we rejoice in God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the door to rejoicing in the Father. And he, want, he opened that door deliberately so that we could enjoy the Father. And even sitting at his feet, while Martha was busy with all the preparations, Jesus says to Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. And I think the Lord is inviting us. Not only has he given us everything for our enjoyment, but he wants us to enjoy him. He wants us to enjoy him. And I can't think of a better, better just exhortation to you uh, on this final message to just enjoy God. Enjoy God. Receive the grace that he's given and just enjoy him. Enjoy his presence. Enjoy his friendship. Uh, come into the place of uh, pure joy in the fact that you, you are with him. You know him. You are part of his family. You are adopted, and it's for the present age. It's for now, and it's for the age to come. For the age to come. And is this really, is this really real? Well, the, the great theologians of the Reformation tell us in the catechism, the very first, st the very first statement in the catechism, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's, that's the beginning of the great catechism of the faith, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And that, that is the message that Paul is hinting at in verse 17 of chapter 6. He's saying He's given you everything for your enjoyment. But don't miss it. Don't enjoy the things he's given you. Enjoy him. Enjoy him. If you enjoy him, you have everything. If you don't have him, you have nothing.
And so enjoy enjoying God. And how do we know this is the, 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 great, the great number one priority of the faith? The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And the, the, the command of Paul in 1 Corinthians 10.31, do it all for God's glory. So everything glorifies him, especially when we enjoy him, when we honestly receive from him the joy that comes from knowing the creator, the joy that comes from knowing our father, the joy that comes from knowing Jesus, and the joy that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to move into the last part of the message of just leading you through a, a time of meditation on these truths. And uh, so I just want to have you close your eyes and uh, just want to lead us in a time of prayer and meditation. When we conclude, we will, uh, we will have you uh, stand up for worship and uh, we will have prayer teams here. Um, and I encourage you to come to the prayer teams and, and ask that uh, God will show you how to enjoy him. It's all over his word. It's all over the songs we sing. It's all over the creation. It's all over our families uh, that we really have the enjoyment of God. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Just sit and relax, get comfortable. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your grace that has made me one of your precious crown princesses, one of your dearly beloved crown princes. And we have the role to play in your beautiful, true, just, safe, and never-ending kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for defining our identity. You made us. You forgave us. You redeemed us. And you adopted us. I am yours. I belong to you. I am safe and secure with you. I can enjoy you endlessly, without limit, anywhere, anytime. Oh Lord, make us more hungry for you. And Lord, by your grace, make being with you my highest priority. Help me remember you throughout the day. Help me dream about you when I rest. Oh, Father, we reject fear, anxiety, despair, and we embrace you instead. You are perfect, lovely, eternal. We rejoice in you, Lord. I embrace your grace, Lord, your creativity, your joy, and your fatherhood. Oh, Lord, I want you to be my treasure. 
because I want you to be my pleasure. Lord, I want to be your treasure. I want you to be my treasure so that you can be my pleasure. And uh, I declare today, Lord, that my self-esteem is in you. It is no longer in my religious performance. And I declare today that my gifts are not a measure of my value in your family. My value in your family is that I belong to you. And my gifts are here to bless others and to give you glory. Father, make me more grateful. Make me more generous because you are always joyful and generous. Father, I forsake being offended. I forsake the pride and revenge that is behind my offense. And I'm reminded that you never got offended with me. You saw my plight and you saved me. Would you speak to us now, Jesus? How can we enjoy you and your Father and your Spirit more? as we get ready to bring this meditation into the rest of our day, the rest of our week. We ask, Lord, that you would be Lord of our lives today in new ways. Change us any way you want. Fill us with your spirit. May we pause and hear your voice. May we love you and enjoy you the way you love us and enjoy us. May we delight in you as you delight in us. And Lord, as our enjoyment grows, would you use us to bring others into your family for your honor and your glory. Lord, we look forward to enjoying you today, tomorrow, and forever. Thank you for being with us, Lord. Thank you for being faithful. Let us hope in you, Lord. Let us enjoy you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So good, Lord. Mm.
Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's stand and give the Lord some praise. Come. We'll have prayer for anybody who would like prayer. And uh, let's conclude our time together by praising the Lord. Yeah. 
You are good, Lord. Thank you for making us for your enjoyment and making us to enjoy you. Lord, help us enjoy you in new ways. And church, the benediction today is uh, the, the three letters of Paul, to two to Timothy and one to Titus. Those letters end with grace be with you all. So I'm going to end this service by just simply saying grace be with you all. Say that to each other. Grace be with you all. Amen. Have a blessed week. If you want to keep, uh, anybody needs prayer, we'd love to pray with you.